You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. 2 Kings chapter number 7, let's read just a few verses here. And then I want to back up and try to lay a foundation of what's taking place. The Bible said, here in verse number 1, 2 Kings chapter number 7, Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. Notice verse number 3. The Bible said, And there were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? I want to preach with this thought in mind, somebody's got to do something. Somebody's got to do something. Flip back with me if you're following along this evening to 2 Kings chapter number 6, and I want to read just a few verses and give you a, a backdrop of what's taken place. The Bible said, in 2 Kings chapter number 6, in verse number 24, And it came to pass after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his hosts and went up and besieged Samaria. Now that word besieged means that they surrounded Samaria. And can I say just by way of introduction that, that uh, the people of Samaria, they were surrounded by their enemy. Can I say in the hour that you and I are living in tonight, God's people are completely surrounded by our enemy. I mean, listen, the America that you and I are living in tonight is not the America that I grew up in. We are surrounded by an enemy. Not only were they surrounded by the enemy, but notice in verse number 26, let me read verse 25. The Bible said there was a great famine in Samaria, not just a famine, As you study the Old Testament, oftentimes you'll read where there was a famine in the land. But this is not just a famine. The Bible said it was a great famine in Samaria. And behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver and the fourth part of the cab of doves dung for five pieces of silver. The Bible said in verse number 26, And as the king of Israel was passing upon the wall, notice this, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help, my Lord, O king. In the midst of this great famine in the land of Samaria, not only were they surrounded by their enemy, but there was somebody in the middle of this seeking some help. Can I remind you and I this evening that that's exactly what our world is doing tonight as they leave their work and as they, instead of going home to tend to their family, they take a left or right-hand turn to some juke joint and they spend the night on a barroom stool. That's exactly what they're doing. They're seeking help, whether they're aware of it or not, whether you're aware of it or not. Our friends and our family and our, our youth groups, man, listen to me. Listen, they're seeking help in our day. I mean, listen, though they may be turning to the world's way, what they're doing is they're seeking, they're seeking help. 
And I'm here to tell you tonight, young man and young lady, listen to me. Somebody's got to do something. Why? Because we're surrounded by an enemy. And there are people every day of our life that we come in contact with that are seeking help. In verse number 28, the Bible said, And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? He said, What's your problem? And she answered, This woman said unto me, Give me thy son, that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. I mean, listen, this famine had gotten so intense that these mothers are eating their own children. The Bible said in verse number 29, So we boiled my son and did eat him. And I said unto her on the next day, Give thy son that we may eat him. And she hath hid her son. And so we read here where one mother on one day gave her son so that they could have something to eat. And then on the next day she gets ready to kill the other woman's son. And the woman runs and hides. Listen to me. Listen, that is, that is flat out sickening. That's sinful practice in these ladies' lives. I mean, listen, I know they were starving to death, but that boils down to nothing more than murder. I'm telling you tonight, friend, uh, we're living in a nation, they're killing babies uh, at an astronomical rate, uh, and it was wrong uh, a thousand years ago, and it's wrong tonight. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, we're living in a land uh, that is eat up uh, with sinful lifestyles uh, and sinful practices. Uh, I've come to tell you this evening, uh, under the name of the Lord, somebody, somebody's got to do something. Somebody's got to do something. And then on top of all of this, on top of all of this, I want you to notice in verse number 30, the Bible said, And it came to pass, when the king heard the words of the woman, that he rent his clothes, and he passed upon the wall, and the people looked, and behold, he had sackcloth with him upon his flesh. And the Bible said in verse number 31, Then he said, God do so, and more also to me, if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, shall stand on him this day. Instead of running to the man who had the message, instead of running to the man who could help, he turned his back on truth and tried to sabotage God's man. Listen to me tonight, young people. I know that you're not aware of a lot of the things that are going on in our churches, but we're living in an hour, friend of mine, where young men have left the old time way and they've turned their back on God's man and they're trying to sabotage the truth that the Lord has for our generation. I'm simply saying tonight, somebody, somebody's got to do something. Somebody tonight has got to do something. Somebody's got to do something. I want you to notice three things this evening. What these men did. Notice with me in verse number 5. In verse 3 we read, we read just a moment ago, they, they looked at one another after they saw that they were surrounded by the enemy. After they heard of all the sinful practices and all the mess that was going on, they looked at one another and they said, man, listen, we've got to do something. Let's look at the first thing they did. The Bible said in verse number 5, and they rose up in the twilight. Amen. The Bible doesn't say that they sat there and they pondered on what they ought to do. 
They didn't call their youth pastor and seek some advice, and I'm for that. Uh, listen, they didn't, they didn't run off to the newest and greatest thing uh, and try to see what everybody else was doing. Uh, but the Bible tells us uh, that in verse number 5, they arose. Uh, can I tell you what somebody needs to do tonight? Uh, somebody, uh, by the grace of God, uh, needs to stand up, uh, needs to stand up uh, and do something uh, for the glory of God. Uh, I mean, praise the Lord tonight. There's no telling what God would do if one young man would quit worrying about who's sitting next to him. There's no telling tonight what God could do if one young lady would quit worrying about who's sitting next to her. I'm telling you tonight, there is no telling what God would do if one person would stand up and do something for God. I'm telling you, somebody needs to stand up. Listen, I mean, we've got five or six, seven hundred people in here this evening. Uh, and if one person, uh, if one person were to stand up, uh, everybody else around here uh, would see that person standing. Uh, there's no telling what, hap- what would happen if somebody would stand up this evening. Notice here in verse number 3. Can I say they stood up in spite of their problem? The Bible said, and there were four leprous men. It did not say that there were four homecoming kings sitting by the gate. It did not say that there were four quarterbacks sitting down by the gate. There were not four major league baseball pitchers. Listen, these were four leprous men. You understand tonight, young people, that these lepers, they were not wanted inside of this city. Listen, I mean, it goes against everything. They, they, they were not able to hang out with people. They were excommunicated from everyone around them. But in spite of their problem, though they did not have a large crowd, though they were not the most popular people in this city, praise God, you know what they did? They stood up in spite of their problem. I'm not trying to make little of the things you've got going on in your life, but can I tell you tonight uh, that people are dying uh, and going to a devil's hell uh, and it's time that you and I by the grace of God uh, step away from our problems uh, and do something we must uh, stand up uh, and do something for God they stood up uh, in spite of their problem number two they stood up in the midst of their position They were down at the gate. I mean, that's not necessarily a a bad place to be. Though they were not the center of that city, though they probably wanted to be, they were not there in the center of the city. They were at the gate. They were not out in the wilderness. They were just at the gate. Kind of a mediocre place. I'm telling you, no doubt, I'm looking at faces this evening. You're not out in the world. You're not out in the wilderness. But you're not in the, in the center of the city where you want to be tonight. I mean, listen, you've got dreams and aspirations, man, that only you know about. But I'm telling you tonight, it's time to quit waiting on tomorrow. It's time to quit worrying about yesterday. And it's time that somebody stands up in the midst of your position. 
It's already been alluded to, man. You cannot wait till you graduate high school. You cannot wait till you graduate college. Young man, listen, you cannot wait until Miss America comes knocking on your door. Let me just help you. She ain't coming and knocking on your door. Amen. Ma'am, can I tell you, as pretty as you think you are, man, listen, Prince Charming, man, he, he may be a long ways off. Amen. You cannot be waiting on all of that before you stand up and do something. You must stand up in the position you're in tonight. Can I say that these four men, they stood up in light of the prophecy. Look back with me in verse number 1. The Bible said, Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time, Shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria? Elisha, the, the man of God, he, he looks off into the future of tomorrow and he gives a prophecy of what God is going to do. What he's telling this group of people that within 24 hours, victory is coming our way. And can I remind the church tonight... Can I remind these young people tonight? Listen, I know we're living in a very discouraging hour. I know that I'm looking at some young people. You've not seen your daddy in a long time. There may be some in here tonight. Uh, you've got a mom you've never met. I mean, your family's in utter distress. Uh, I mean, listen, your home's been divided. Uh, and then on top of that, our churches, a lot of our churches uh, are falling apart, it seems like. Uh, and our nation's crumbling uh, from the foundation within. Uh, but can I remind us this evening uh, that God's given us a prophecy uh, that just in any day now, uh, Jesus Christ, Christ is coming again. Praise God tonight. We must do something. We must stand up because of the prophecy that God has given the church of the living God. Is that real to you tonight, young people? Do you understand that before I could get to my next point, the trumpet of the Lord could sound. And in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump for the trumpet shall sound, or the dead in Christ shall rise, and we shall be changed. Glory to God. Just in a day now, Jesus is coming again. Young people, you must be aware that everything that we see going on in our nation today, the, the Lord has warned us about it. He said in 1 Timothy 4, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, uh, giving heed to seducing spirits uh, and doctrines of devils, uh, having their conscience seared uh, with a hot iron. Uh, listen, friend, uh, the Bible said, For this we know also, uh, that in the last days perilous times uh, shall come. Not that they might, uh, not that they could, but they shall. They shall come uh, for men. Uh, for men shall be lovers uh, of their own selves. You know a good example of that? is this social media. I'm telling you all I see and all I hear is a bunch of so-called Christians running around taking a bunch of selfies when we ought to be busy about the work of the Lord. For the men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, proud. We're living in a very prideful hour. Listen, friend, I'm simply saying that Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is coming again. These four men, number one, they stood up. 
Can I say tonight, somebody's got to do something. Somebody's got to do something. Somebody needs to stand up. Number two. I'll skip over just a few verses for sake of time. The Bible tells us there in verse 5 that they rose up in the twilight and they go down to the camp of Syria and they get down there and they, they, they don't find the enemy there. The Syrians are gone. The Bible said in verse number 8, And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried thence the silver and the gold and the raiment and they went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Notice in verse number 9, the Bible said, And they said one to another, We do not well. Can I say not only did these four men stand up, but number two, I'm telling you this evening, they fessed up. They fessed up. Listen, they, they looked at one another and they saw all the provision around them. Uh, and they said, man, listen, fellas, uh, we've messed up. Uh, we've got to get this fixed. I mean, I mean, listen, you know what we ought to do this evening? We ought to fess up. Are you listening to me? We need to get right with God. It was said earlier this evening that a lot of great revivals here in America, you know who they started with? They started with young people. You know what those young people were doing? They were not running around trying to attract a large crowd. They were in a prayer room somewhere. They were down on the riverbanks begging God to forgive their sin. They were getting right with God and praying that the Lord would do something in their generation. Listen to me tonight, young people. You know what you need to do? You need to Fess up some things. The Bible said in Proverbs 28, 13, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso for confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Don't you want mercy this evening? I'm telling you, listen to me now. I'm not trying to be mean. It always dies right here when I get on this confessing and repenting. Hey man, listen. Listen, if God's going to do anything in America, we must fess up. They fessed up. Notice in verse number 8, the Bible said, And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into the one tent, and they did it and drank, and they carried thence the silver and golden raiment. Notice this, And went and hid it. And they came again and entered into another tent, and carried thence also, and went and hid it. You know what they fessed up of? Some secret things. I'm just going to let that soak in for a minute. They fessed up of some things that they took and they dug a hole somewhere and they stuck it in the ground and covered it back up and they hid it. Amen. Young man, young lady, I wonder what you've got hid this evening. What have you got hid tonight that's hindering the Lord from doing something great in your life? Somebody's got to do something. Somebody needs to fess up of some secret things. I don't know how it is in California. I mean, there's many groups in here tonight. You've, you've came from other, from other states. But back where I'm from, there's young people that they have these secret accounts or these other accounts on their phone. And it looks like some other app, maybe a, a MapQuest app or some... 
I, I don't even know, but if you were to click on that app, instead of it being a map quest or whatever else, it goes to some other social media, some type of sinful avenue for them to dabble in the things of this world. And that, listen to me, their mom and daddy does not know anything about it. Their youth pastor does not know anything about it. Their pastor does not know anything about it. But I'm here to tell you tonight, young man, young lady, if you've got some secret things in your life, the Bible tells us that the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. You may have your mom and daddy fooled. You may have your pastor fooled. But you don't have a holy God fooled. It's time somebody does something. Somebody needs to fess up. They fessed up of some secret things. Notice in verse number 9, the Bible said, they said one to another, we do not well. I like that where, he, where they said we. They were not pointing fingers at one another saying, you need to fess up. There's probably some in here, some, you know, some super spirituals in here tonight. You're, you're looking at the one next to you. I'm not talking to the one next to you, ma'am. Hey, Hoss, I'm talking to you. It's time you fess up. They said, we. Amen. He that saith he hath no sins, a liar, and the truth's not in him. You say, well, Brother Andrew, I've not done anything. Don't you understand tonight? It's a sin to do nothing. To him to know it, to do good and do it to not, to him it is sin. Amen. Amen. I feel the spirit of my pastor coming on. Amen. Y'all pray for me. I mean, somewhere along the way, a, a ladybug full of hateful juice done crawled up my pant leg. Y'all pray I can move on. I'm telling you tonight, somebody, somebody needs to fess up. Somebody needs to fess up. We do not well. Notice this. This is the day of good tidings. Notice this. And we hold our peace. Not only did they fess up of some secret things, but they fessed up of silence. You understand tonight that silence is consent? Just because you were not doing the crime, if you were around and saw it going on and did not say anything, you're just as guilty. Amen. Amen. They fessed up of being silent. They said, we, we've got all of this provision that our entire city needs and we hold our peace. Can I tell you this evening, young people, you've got what your generation needs if you're saved by the grace of God. They do not need some worldly avenue. They do not need the things of this world. They need what you have. How many people have you been talking to about the testimony that God's given you? How many times have you told somebody about what the Lord's been putting in your heart? I'm telling you tonight, young people, it's time for you and I to get right with God and fess up on simply being silent. We're too quiet in our day. I mean, we can't even raise our hands in a worship service. There, you understand tonight, young people, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Just because I raise my hands in here, I do not have not one question. Amen. That's called worship. I don't have any questions, boys, when I do this. And if it's okay for me to do it, and if it's okay for my heroes that taught me how to do it, it's okay for you to do it. You don't have to have the pastor say, okay, everybody raise your hand. Uh, amen to God. Uh, if the Lord begins to breathe upon you, it's okay to raise your hands. 
Can I take it a step further and say, listen, it's okay if you say amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's biblical language. That's not speaking in some unknown tongue. Amen. I'm telling this generation that it's time you and I fess up from being silent. Well, I can see I need to move on. I'm just going to let this jet fly over and I'm going to hit it again. Amen. It's time that this younger generation learns to worship the Lord. We're too quiet in our day. You understand we're headed to a land. I mean, sure, it's fairer than day, but you understand what they're doing over there? They're not trout fishing. They're not surfing in the ocean. They're not hanging out in some cabin on the corner of glory. They're at the throne saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And they're worshiping the Lord. You know what we're going to do for all the endless ages? We're going to praise God. We're going to glorify God. We're going to worship our Lord and Savior. And if we can't do it here unto God, if we're going to do it over there... I mean, I'm afraid there's a lot of people that's not going to like heaven. They're not going to like heaven because of the music they're playing over there. Amen. It sounds like church music, music up there. Amen. It's not some worldly bunch of nonsense. Amen. They're wearing robes up there. Amen. Amen. Well, here we go. They fessed up of their secret things. They fessed up of their silence. Notice again in verse number 9. The Bible said if we... They, 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 they fessed up. They said, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come that we may go and tell the king's household. They fessed up, I believe, because they were afraid of the sorrow that could come their way. They said, man, if we stay right here and we don't do anything but what we're doing... Mischief's coming our way. Young people, listen to me. I don't want to be a bearer of bad news. I don't want to throw a blanket of, you know, dampen your enthusiasm, put out your fire tonight. But one of these days, we're going to stand before a holy God and we're going to give an account for what we've done in this life. It's time we get right. Man, are you not afraid of the chastening hand of the Lord? Do you understand that? That's not a cuss word. That's still in Hebrews 12. For every son whom he loveth, he chasteneth. They fessed up. And can I say tonight, young people, if you've got sin in your life and you don't get rid of it, listen, if you're saved by God's grace, sorrow's coming your way. I'm simply saying tonight, somebody's got to do something. Listen, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. God's got something that He wants to do in your life. And man, it's time that somebody stands up. It's time that somebody fesses up. Number three, in verse number 10, the Bible said, So they came and called unto the porters of the city. And they told them, saying, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied, and asses tied, and the tents as they were. You know what these four men did in our text? Number one, they stood up. Number two, they fessed up. But in verse number 10, they spoke up. They simply spoke up. 
The Bible said that they went back to the porter of the city, the guy that was down there keeping the gates of that city, and they began to tell that man something. I want you to notice the message that they had. The Bible said that we came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied and asses tied and the tents as they were. Their message. You know what their message was? Their message was the enemy has been defeated. Young people, I don't have any idea what you're facing tonight. No doubt there's some of you in here this evening, you're wrestling with lions. I mean, you've got giants in your life. But I'm here to tell you this evening, our message tonight is our enemy has been defeated. Can I tell you, young people, we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from victory. Greater is He, glory to God, greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Don't you let this liberal contemporary crowd take that verse from you. Thank God tonight, when our Savior stretched out on Calvary from the north to the south and from the east to the west, He defeated our enemy. Their message was a message of victory. Not only their message, but I want you to to notice the magnitude of them speaking up. Now allow me to read verse number 12, and I, I, I must warn you of this. So let's read verse 12. The Bible said, And the king arose in the night, and he said unto the servants, I will now show you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we be hungry. Therefore are they gone out of the camp and hid themselves in the field, saying, we, When they uh, come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get, in, and get into the city. This king, man, he had no faith in God. He had no faith in that message of victory. He was standing over there ridiculing these men uh, for coming back with a message of hope. Young people, listen, you must be aware. Man, God may do a deep work in your heart, and I'm praying He does this week. But you must be aware. You must expect that when you get back on that bus and go home, you will be faced with critics that will try to dampen your message. But in the midst of all of that, notice in verse number 13, the Bible said, and one of His servants, (laughs) glory to God, And one of his servants answered and said, Let some take, I pray thee, five of the horses that remain, which are left in the city. And behold, they are are as all the multitude of Israel that are left in it. Behold, I say, they are even as all the multitude of the Israelites that are consumed. And let us send and see. The Bible said, And they took therefore, in verse 14, two chariot horses, and the king sent after the host of the Syrians, saying, Go and see. The Bible said in verse number 15, And they went after them under Jordan, and lo, all the way was full. Can I say tonight, young people, if you'll throw the white flag of surrender up, you get in the center of God's will, all the way will be full of the blessings of God. The Bible said of garments and of vessels which the Syrians had cast away in their haste, And the messengers returned and told the king the magnitude of these four men coming back and speaking up. It was in the midst of negativity, in the midst of defeat, in the midst of despair. Listen, one person said, I want to see what you're talking about. I want to see what you're talking about. I'm simply saying this evening, young people, 
If one person would purpose in his or her heart tonight that I want to do something for God, there's no telling. I mean, the, the magnitude of your influence in your generation, there's no telling what God could do with you. But I see some mis- misfortune in our text. I'll not go back for sake of time and read the early verses, but we read where Elisha, he, he delivers this message of prophecy saying within 24 hours God's going to show up and He's going to help us. And in the midst of him preaching that message, there was a man who, who uh, the, the king trusted. He was a man of, of higher up. He had a lot of influence in that day. And he said, Elisha, how in the world is this going to be? If God were to open the windows of heaven, how can this be? And Elisha said, okay, Hoss, you don't believe God, you don't believe His message, you're not going to be able to experience any of the blessings of God. And I want you to notice what takes place. It's, so, it's miserable. It's terrible at the misfortune of this man. The Bible said in verse number 17, And the king appointed the, the Lord on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. Notice this, And the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died as the man of God had said, who spake when the king came down to him. Notice verse 20. And so it fell out unto him, for the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died. Young people, I'm simply saying tonight that it pays to do what God bids you to do. It pays to believe His Word. This one man doubted God's man. He doubted God's message. And the end result was tragedy. I'm saying tonight to this generation, why don't you throw your pride down? Why don't you throw your ego down? Why don't you throw down the concerns of how many likes you have on social media? And why don't you stand up and do something for God? I'm done right here. I want to mention this. I see a miracle. I see a miracle in our text. Notice with me in verse number 5, the Bible said, talking about these four leprous men, the Bible said they rose up in the twilight. The Bible said in verse number 7, well, let me read verse 6. We've got the four leprous men, they stand up in the twilight in verse number 5. What'd they stand up and say? What'd they stand up and do? They stood up and said, we've got to do something. They stood up in the twilight. The Bible said in verse number 6, For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horse, horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Notice this in verse number 7. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight. You say, what are you saying, Brother Andrew? I'm saying this tonight, young people. That in verse number 5, there were four leprous men. They had come to the end of their road. They looked around and they saw their, their city in utter chaos. And they looked at one another and they said, we've got to do something. We've got to do something. And when they stood up 
and said, we've got to do something. On the other end of the spectrum, though they had no idea that God was working, the Bible said in verse number 7 that in that same very moment, the Lord ran the enemy out of their way. I'm telling you tonight, friend of mine, there is absolutely no telling what God is doing in your life. I'm, I'm begging the Lord, somebody's got to do something. Somebody's got to do something. It's Listen, it's past time. Your youth pastor can't do it all. His wife can't do it all. Your pastor can't do it all. His wife can't do it all. The deacons can't do it all. I'm simply saying, somebody, somebody's got to do something. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.